Welcome to the KD Club, the ultimate podcast destination for our fabulous and fearless young fashionistas, entrepreneurs and wellness enthusiasts aged 8 to 16. I'm your host, Kirsty Doyle, and I'm here to guide you on an exciting journey through the world of fashion, business and well-being. Welcome to today's KD Club podcast. I am interviewing Alyssa of Elsa R Inc. And we are going to be talking about building a brand, starting in business, creating content, all of the good stuff that she's doing right now on her brand. So, Alyssa, thank you so much. Thanks, Kirsty, for inviting me. <laughs> um, I wanted to get started with a little bit of background on you. So, obviously, you were a journalist. How did you get started in journalism and how did you take that different path? Okay, so um, again, I was completely clueless. Didn't really know a lot about journalism, actually, but I'd done a degree in English and history at university. I was always kind of like into the written word, uh, express myself better in the written word than I actually do talking. Um, so I, um, I'd finished uni, had my degree. I thought, what can I do now? I don't think I'm ready to join the real world yet. So I went back to uni to do a master's in journalism. Ah, Okay. So, and I absolutely loved it. You know, I didn't really know much before I started, but when I got there, I thrived in that environment. It was fast paced. It was like exciting. It was like, you know, hunting down an exclusive. Uh, I like the thrill of the chase and that's kind of what it, it appealed to me anyway. So I really enjoyed it. Um, and I used to write, it was never going to be any Pulitzer Prize winning journalism for me. It was all like, you know tabloid gossip to be honest oh, you love it but then I kind of like went into like more self-righteous stuff so I okay. would like see products that perhaps weren't fantastic and I'd like think well hang on a minute there was one in particular that comes to mind there was a tanning product yeah that um that young kids were using so like 16 year olds and stuff to get mm -hmm. a tan and it, they used to snort this product and it would give them a, a suntan <laughs> and I was like this this can't be right so no. I'd investigate that where did it come from what are the ingredients who is selling it um who are they selling it to and I got it tested at Liverpool University and you know they got it their toxicology report back no and we got it banned in the UK <gasps> No way. Yeah. And was that for, obviously, just for one piece, one article? That so one all article, of this research yeah. Yeah, had course, to go into yeah. just the one piece? Yeah. No way. And who was that for, was it? That for was Daily Mirror. Amazing. Yeah. And then, obviously, it got, the, the report was out there, and then yeah, that and then it, got, it then got picked up by loads of other news outlets, Daily Mail. No it got way. picked up by Radio 1. You know, it got talked about. So then, you know, and then I obviously feed it into the relevant people. This is the evidence we found. This is the stuff to back it up. So... So yeah, it was an unsafe product and we got rid of it. Wow. So that's so it wasn't always gossipy rubbish that I did. Excuse me. It was um sometimes, you know, there was a bit of credibility to it. And the best pieces of journalism that I ever did, I would never tell anyone that I'd done it. <laughs> you know. Why not? It's it, it's just like I'd never put my name to no it. No way. No, so did you have another name? So when no, you sign would, off on the article, did you have another name? No, so I used to work freelance. Right. So it was easier for me to gain access to people um as a freelancer mm -hmm. so people would employ me from whichever news outlet I was writing for and they'd say can you go to this house can you go and speak to this lady can you do and do this yeah especially sometimes if it was a sensitive story okay. so you know a rape victim or somebody mm -hmm. like that or something you know kind of a, a sensitive issue and they would want a female journalist to go they would send me right 
Um, and would and you then, travel nationwide? Oh yes, yeah, yeah, and all abroad. Over. Yeah. yeah. So it just depends. And then you know, if it was like a party, mm-hmm. you know, a footballers party, or something like that. You know, I was young. I was glam, you know, they would send me. There's no point sending some 60-year-old fella from the office. They would send me and I would work with that guy then, you know what I mean, to relay Amazing. what had happened. So it was exciting, but um, I kind of got into the health side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, used to write a lot about health retreats, boot camps, yeah. um, health and wellness. Loved that. Um, Just briefly before we go into this, if you think, obviously young person's watching this and they think I absolutely love writing I'm so passionate about it creating stories and they wanted to get started in just the journalism for now if we can touch on that as you did your master's we talked with other people other guests and they say networking is key internships are key and meeting people is that the same for journalism so there's two different types of writing if you are you know want to be the next JK Rowling and you are a creative writer, then journalism is not for you. I'd okay. So, it, you know, that's not what it is. Yeah. What it is, is it's very formulaic. The way you write a story is, you know, it has a formula. Most people won't realise this. No, I didn't know that. But it will be like a delayed drop intro, quoting par three, blah, blah, blah. And you, there's not much room for creativity. There shouldn't be in journalism. You are the eyes and the ears. Mm-hmm. You report on what you've seen as fact. Okay. In tabloids... That's not always the case. It's very (laughs) sensational. Mm -hmm. You're in the business of selling stories. You're in the business of selling news. Okay. So to do that, you almost, you need to make it dramatic. You need to be, I'll never forget once, one of my first ever jobs, there was a plane had gone down somewhere in in a farmer's field and they were like, right, get out there, blah, blah, blah. And I'd written this piece the way I'd been taught in uni yeah. Very boring, kind mm-hmm. of like, this is what happened at this time. And the man said this and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And then... Was this early in your career? This was, this was like literally one of my first ever, oh, really? <laughs> ever jobs at a press agency. And again, you were, he was like, no, 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 Alyssa, you're in the business of selling stories now. So he didn't right. just you know, survive this little yeah. plane crash. He cheated at death. <laughs> and I was like, wow. And it was like, okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And there was a lot of kind of like artistic license when you were okay. writing for tabloids. You know, I mean, the broadsheets are completely different to, you know, the red tops and and likewise. Um, so if you want to be the next JK Rowling okay. and you are a good creative writer and you've got this amazing imagination, then journalism is not for you. Okay. You have to stick to the facts. You're That's supposed great. to stick to the facts. If you are have maybe a sense of injustice about you and yep. you want to report that or you, you know, you're up on current affairs or um, you're into politics or you really want to do some good in the world and shine a light on, you know, exposing things, then journalism can be amazing for that. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that I liked was, yeah, when people had done wrong or the people used to see things yeah. that I was like, no, no, that is completely wrong. I'm going to feel like we need to shine a light on that. You know, and you do need, I know everybody hates journalists, but you need them. You need them to hold people to account, you know, and if you haven't got them and thank God we do have them sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The main point to note is if you do want to be a creative writer, go and be a creative writer. And if you do want to be a creative writer, read, 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 read other books in the style and the genre that you potentially want to write in. If you are into chiclet, 
and you want to write a chick lit book, go and read the best of the yeah. of them. Absorb yourself. Absolutely, in it. yeah. You got to live and breathe it. Every said the same thing. Every person we spoke to has said the exact same thing. Yeah. Hone your skill. Yeah. Learn everything there is to know about it. Become that person. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So the exactly same thing applies. So obviously we've talked about the journalism and the, how that feeds into your love of well-being, of women's health. So there's a bit of a gap there. So was it nice and neat into just making contacts, which led to this next step? What was it? What was that bit in between? No, honestly. Um, so I then used to write about a lot of health mm. retreats. I used to go on a lot of health retreats and I always used to see the same thing. It was boot camps, you know, women wanted to lose weight and you'd have an ex-Marine stood there saying... Male. Yeah, male, <laughs> just just killing them in a field and mm. wanting them to, you know, you just lose weight, tone up and, you know, starve them for a week and train them for 10 hours a day. Or, well, yeah, you're going to lose weight on the scale by the end of the week, but you're going to put it all back on. Yeah. Nothing was really spoke about in terms of hormonal health or anything like that. So I set up my own retreat, which had mm -hmm. a big focus on education. Okay. And women would leave completely empowered. They'd be able to know how to cook for themselves. They'd be able to know how their body composition worked. Mm -hmm. They would know um, all more information about their hormonal health. You know, even weight fluctuates between your cycle, you know, yep. throughout the month as well. Mm -hmm. You know, just educating women on that, on... Yeah, your metabolism does get slower as you get older. Um, don't starve yourself from the inside. You need to be, you know, you can't be nutrient deficient. So we uh, we did as much training in the classroom as we did in, you know, outside working them out. And it, yeah. was, it was brilliant. Loved the business. It was an absolute passion. I just loved being on retreats. I love going to retreats. I thought, yeah. well... I love them. I'd love to have a life where I'm just constantly on one, um, where you get like fed every day by beautiful, uh, lovely, you know, yeah. gorgeous food, worked out like three times mm -hmm. a day, then did yoga, Pilates. It was amazing. And then COVID hit. Ah, uh, yes. So, and I was just like... People couldn't be together. No, absolutely. absolutely. So this whole point, this whole business, which was built on people meeting. Yeah. Couldn't be done. No, exactly. So it all stopped. No. And that's probably the biggest lesson I learned. It was never put all your eggs in one basket. Don't have all your income coming from one source mm -hmm. because, you know, that source got taken away from me. And I was like, what am mm -hmm. I going to do now? And I'm quite resourceful. A lot of people were in lockdown and were like, what can I do? And they couldn't really do anything about the situation. Yeah. You know, they couldn't run their businesses. They couldn't no. open their restaurants. You know, my boyfriend's in hospitality. Yeah. He's like, couldn't couldn't do anything about it. But um, a lot of people pivoted their businesses, yeah. which is exactly what I did. So while we were on the retreats, I used to recommend um, supplements and health okay. products to some ladies. And it was one lady that triggered this whole chain of events. And she doesn't even know she was this uh, lady that's now almost was the inspiration yeah. for this business. But... She messaged me saying, what can I do for libido? And um, she was, anyway, she was just having a tough time with her menopausal mm -hmm. symptoms. So I recommended um, five ingredients for her, mm -hmm. but they could only be bought separately. Okay. And it just made me think, well, maybe if I put them all together, maybe that would work. So I worked with... So this is the beginning so of the this business. Was the, this this was, was the start and steps of how was, you pivoted. Okay. Yeah, the beginning of what is now El Sarah. So okay. it was just, I was lying on the bed one afternoon and I thought, hmm, that, you know, sat there and thought about it. Yeah. And the way 
And I actually thought about the way I would market it before I'd actually created the product because marketing is critical. And I think if you're ever going to run a business or you're ever going to start a brand, you must understand marketing. That is the difference between success and failure. Would you say that the whole retreat business was an aspect of marketing? So you're working one-to-one with, uh, you know, different women of different needs and they're inspiring you with their feedback, i.e. your customer, your client who gave you that whole idea. But that's a level of marketing is working one-to-one with people. So if you've got like maybe a core group of friends that you could speak to about a product and say, what do you think about this? What would you like it to be like, you know, price-wise? So marketing. Oh, it's 100%. And it's like, that is it. I do not say Elsa is a health company in the office. I say Elsa is a marketing company because once you've made your product, yes. that's it. Now it's all about marketing it. Okay. Our entire monthly budget goes on marketing. Mm-hmm. All every action that we do is for marketing. You know, the actual easiest part of starting any brand is the product. Yes. I would say. Okay. Well, in terms of my product, I knew what I wanted. I worked with people to ascertain the dosages. Mm-hmm. I looked at clinical studies. Yeah. Um, and I did all that background research. But actually, that didn't take that long. It just was required, you know, talking to a few different people yeah. and then finding a manufacturer. Now, you can find lots of manufacturers all over the world, but I really wanted this to be a robust product. Mm -hmm. And it was very important to me to get it done in the UK because the UK good manufacturing practices are excellent and Mm -hmm. you want to be held to a great kind of um, standard. Yeah, absolutely. So we not only meet these standards, but we exceed them, uh, which is important to me. You know, you want to know that what the label says is actually what's in that product, which when you're getting stuff done abroad, that's not necessarily the case. So, um, so yeah, so we found a great manufacturer and we worked with them to produce the product. So that's where I started. I started with the product. And if I could give anybody advice, it would be, if if you want to start a brand and you want to start a business, you know, you need to find something that you are passionate about and that you might have a little bit of knowledge in yeah. or, and that's something new. It needs to be a unique, you know, proposition. Yeah. Um. So, you know, for any kids who want to start a business, it's got to be something like, you know, that you might wake up every day and think, well, I use that product every day. So yeah. I, if I know I like it, then I could make my own yeah. and I know other people might buy it. And that's kind of, I mean, I take my product every day. I would never make a product that I wouldn't no. want either. No, but that seems a bit, it doesn't seem true to you, does it? No, You're absolutely not. No, not. And I, I stand behind it with yeah. every bit of, you know, confidence that I have. Absolutely. Um, so that's where I started. Making the product development was where I started. Mm-hmm. Then I think the next thing, and it, when I look back now, it's an overwhelming thing to do. To start a brand from scratch is like, unbelievable and it's very overwhelming does it feel overwhelming now or at the beginning did it feel overwhelming no. you look back on it and go oh, oh my, my gosh god, I'm so I overwhelmed ha- what yeah, I've done like, yeah if I had to do it again it's like oh my god it's a monumental yeah. I actually loved it though and I yeah. do love 
starting brands, thinking yeah. of concepts, thinking of like logos, design, mood boards for the look and feel of it. All of that, what you've said there is the start of a business. Isn't yeah, it? Everything absolutely. you've just said is almost like a perfect checklist of what young people should do. Or, you know, women, anybody who's wanting to get started in business, they, that's the, the wonderful part of setting up a business yeah. is that checklist of all these lovely creative things yeah. before you get started. Oh, absolutely. So that's exactly what you need to do. So you need yep. to, this is what I did. I made like a list of things that need to be done. Yeah. And I didn't do it all in one day. I yep. didn't even do it all in one week because that would have been extremely overwhelming. Yep. It was, okay, today, packaging. Dinner where yeah. okay that are we going to use a box are we going to use a bottle are we going to use a packet w- what's the benefit now okay. for me I wanted this to be a subscription business yeah and I wanted it to be small enough that it would go for a letterbox okay so that meant it couldn't be a bottle it had to be a packet okay so and sustainability was important to me so mm-hmm. we knew now I wanted a packet and it's like right okay you start with a blank piece of paper what do you want this packet to look like do you know yeah. what I mean and yeah that might be my one job for that week just design that packet look into materials but along the way I learned so much about okay well um this kind of material is recyclable yeah this one's got a sheen that one will last longer that one's got you know freshness inside so the product would last longer in that one but it's not sustainable wow. you know and it's your payoff but what I now know about different types of manufacturing I didn't know when I started so you've taught this all uh, yourself it's just research course, you just time you just speak to people in the yeah. industry. Labels, you know, it was like I'd speak to a company. Okay, I want to design a label. Okay, how how big is it? Do you want it matte? Do you want it glossy? Do you want it this? Do you want wow. it that? Do you know what I mean? Do you want it to be able to peel off again and yeah. peel on again? Do you know what I mean? What product is it? What surface is it going on? So I, I'm not, nobody's expected to know all these things and you don't need to know them no. unless you're actually going to do it. So okay. the product is where you start. And then definitely make a checklist of things that you need to do. Yeah. So then it was creating the box that the products would go into. Do you know what I mean? And then yeah. it was, you know, the bag that then gets it sent in the post. That was another job. The name, that was another job. So yeah, how did you think of the name? So What's the backgrounds on the name? Jeez, it was... Um, did that come at the beginning? It was quite near the beginning. Yeah. It was important to me to have the dot com. Okay. So it had to have the dot com. And I wanted it to be kind of, I don't sell this product like a health supplement. This isn't something you would pick up off a shelf in Holland and Barrett. Yeah, okay. I wanted it to be more about women's self-care and, you know, I I wanted it to look beautiful because the reason it's gold and the reason it looks beautiful is because of marketing, because you need half the battle is getting people to do your marketing for you so if you can make your product look brilliant and great looking that people want to take a picture of it and then share it they've now done that marketing for you yeah do you know what I mean if this was a horrible looking brown pill yeah and it was in you know a dark glass bottle with a white label on that said Alstorata it isn't as attractive or alluring as it coming in a brass golden decanter that sits beautiful next to your perfume <laughs> and comes so in a true. yeah in it, it, it beautiful gold capsules and that's also what we're known for we're the golden pill and that's all at that very beginning early stage of like creating the product that people want to have and want to photograph so that is a really key point what you said was 
getting people to do the marketing for Correct. you. Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, Twitter, you know, Twitter, everything, TikTok, yeah. everything. But if someone's photographing your product and sharing it amongst their circle of friends, then and that, and then they share yeah. it. Oh gosh, that's such a good point. And my customers put in more effort because it looks beautiful yeah. into their pictures. And equally, pictures. they probably want you to share the pictures. Yeah. Oh, and they were like, they do they, put in a yeah. lot of effort. Yeah. yeah. So, of course, branding and packaging can be the difference between success and failure as well. Okay. So that's that's super important to get right. Also, you know, ours is a premium product. We want to give that premium experience to yeah. our customers. You know, when they open that box, there's a lovely little passage from myself spoken in the first person, like I'm talking to a friend. Okay. That's very important. We're a very non-corporate yes. way of speaking to our customers. All our customers we speak to, like they are friends. Um, and we've got a really great community. But obviously I wasn't I wasn't even thinking about that back in the beginning. I was just thinking about Oh, interesting you went. So this is something that's developed. No. Okay. So great. my other Real critical thing is, and a lot of my marketing decisions were led by these conversations, and this is very important. I okay. don't think many people do it, um, is you don't know it. You don't know it all and you don't know all your customers. Yep. So I put uh, an Instagram post out saying, I'd like to speak to women of these ages, between these ages, um, just as some market research. Okay. You've got to get market research and you've got to do those like focus groups. So if we're starting off, so focus groups obviously is something which, what's a focus group? So a focus group would be people in your core demographic of people mm -hmm. that you want to sell to. Yep. Okay, so you get all these people together or and you would say, ask them questions, okay. you know, that might relate to your product, your brand, your business. And this is what you would do at the beginning of Very beginning, that business. Yeah. yeah, before you start making some expensive yeah. mistakes. Yeah. So I spoke to 45 different women for an mm -hmm. hour each. It took me a couple of weeks to get them all on the phone. And I really appreciated every single lady that spoke to me. And I just used to ask them, you know, about their lifestyle, mm -hmm. what kind of products they buy. Yeah what kind of price point they spend and, you know, they have um, for spending on their kinds of products, where they spend their disposable income. I asked them things about their relationships. Um, so you could set up a small questionnaire, couldn't you? Yeah. That you were going to either, obviously, if we're setting up, everything was based around that product, yeah. whether it's obviously your product, whether it's a dress, whether it's a pencil case, yeah. whether it's a T-shirt. And obviously you uh, did yours over the phone, but you could do that with a core group of friends. Of course. You know, or you could do you, it on a Zoom you, and have everybody Zoom. sign in. Yeah. So there's lots of different ways. And you're keeping all of this information yeah. and this is helping you start at that very beginning yeah, point, exactly. isn't it? You do this right at the beginning. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of things that they would say, you know, in their own words, I then wrote back in my marketing material. Okay. So that you know that then that speaks to that customer because it's their words. A lot of what came up was, well, I'm getting older, I feel invisible, right. which became then our tagline was be visible. Okay. And we used that on our packaging. That's and super interesting. We used, uh, yeah, a lot of their words um, in all our marketing material. So... It so the, was, the feedback from yeah. these focus groups, obviously you just, and then you relay it back to them and then that person can really go, are they speaking to me? And that yeah, is such absolutely. a clever way of working one-to-one -one with you know, customers at the beginning and then and then keeping them throughout your journey and making them feel part of the brand. Yeah. And I think as you start a business and create a product, you want them to buy into it and to come on that journey with you as a business owner. Yeah, So absolutely. the more that you can be in tune with your customer, the better. Yeah, absolutely. So so everything that they said to me, 
um, you know, about how they look and feel. That yeah. then became our Instagram posts. Yeah. That then became things I would go and research to, you know, help them. You know, and didn't help. you get them to model as well? Didn't you get yeah. them to be part of your campaigns, which I think was amazing? Yeah, yeah. Or oh, we always use real customers where possible. And, um, and yeah, it's, I mean, the other thing is I had no budget. Okay. I had no budget to do anything. That's which great to know. It's certainly doable but okay. you have to then be creative Pinterest became my very best friend yeah so it, I would look at the way people took product shots and I would like recreate them so I'd you know go down to the range or wherever and buy loads of props and yeah. you can do a lot with your iPhone I would say you could start a business with your iPhone pretty you know mm-hmm. and make Absolutely. it look pretty good yeah um so that was kind of once we had the packaging once we had the product once we had um then it was a website and we had the name uh, my boyfriend actually chose the name although now I regret it a little bit <laughs> <laughs> absolutely I regret it because oh. this was something maybe I should have done first so I applied for the trademark for the the name yeah and L magazine is now challenging my trademark and mm. saying it's too similar to theirs so that's we're in loggerheads at the moment about that now, you could wait and get your trademark and then start your business. But, you know, I always believe if there's never a perfect time to start. No. Um, and and I, it's I, just another obstacle, unfortunately, as a business owner. There are certain obstacles that you have to overcome, which will build resilience, yeah. confidence. And, you know, it's a hurdle that you have to overcome. And you got you got to the other side and you're yeah. still going. And, you know, yeah. that you have to keep going as an entrepreneur and a business owner. That It's the life of a roller coaster, isn't it? You'll have these amazing highs and then lows. But that is so natural. It happens to everybody. Yeah. So obviously with this case with Elle, you'll keep going with that. And yeah. you, you must be learning so much in that process oh, because, yeah. you, you know, like you've never done it before. Exactly. You know, and it, the, the first letter I got from them was very aggressive, very bullshit. You must not, you know, you must like literally like burn all your products. You, we, you, we've got the same name. And I was like, this word means she. It's so common. You can't yeah. have a trademark with that name. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So I fought back and then they backed down quite quickly they said okay because it, it, the first letter they couldn't coexist in a world with me and then they were like okay why don't you change your name to Ella Sarah and I was like no how about I don't and then we've just carried on and carried on and carried on and I nearly yeah. settled I nearly settled and put the two words together and had no space in the middle but whether I did, whether I changed it to Alyssa's golden pill or whether I t- took the space out the middle I still had to change all my packaging. So I said, if you want to pay for all my packaging to be changed, yeah. I will do it, which they said no to. So I said, well, I'm not doing it then. <gasps> I might as well try my luck at a tribunal. <laughs> and so, is that where you're at now? Yeah. I mean, because essentially that could have killed the business in the beginning. You could have gone, <gasps> yeah. oh my gosh, this is so much bigger. Like yeah. I can't compete against that. And you've carried on. So do you think you've grown a certain level of confidence throughout this, just this particular part of the business? Oh, of course, yeah. You I know, mean, like, I'm, you're stronger I'm, within because of it. Yeah. If at the one second that I thought these two businesses were ever similar, so by the way, this is a magazine we're talking about. You being nobody, a journalist. Yeah, nobody <laughs> goes out to the shops in with the view of, I'm going to go and buy a magazine and comes back with a supplement instead. Yes. Nobody. No. Okay. And the logos don't look the same. Yeah. The wording is not the same. What they're saying is because they've got like trademarks in like sunglasses and stuff. Okay. It's, yeah. It's a, I said, well, that's ridiculous because nobody eats sunglasses and nobody wears supplements. <laughs> you can't say that it's the same. 
So yeah. anyway, that's where we're at. So I almost nearly settled and I was angry at myself for nearly even cont- contemplating oh. this. And then as soon as I gave birth to my little girl, I was like, I am I not living anything. in a world <laughs> where she thinks I'm going to back down to this. And I, I, do you know what? I'm going to use it as great marketing. Look at how this company, this is what they're doing. This is the this story is, this, of, yeah. yeah, this is how you got that backbone oh, of, of course, this business. Yeah. So interesting. So I think obviously as a business owner, you will come up with daily daily hurdles if you go back to that that is so natural successes and failures and that is the life of an entrepreneur yeah it's how you deal with them you're always going to fail we fail every day fail by every the way. day but we fail fast we fail forward oh my god there's so many things I've wasted money on I've wasted so much money in the wrong areas it's crazy do you know what I mean? it's absolutely crazy I look back now and I go listen learning curve that's what we learn <laughs> we learn never to do that again you know what I mean and then yeah there's so many companies out there who are, you know, there's loads of different marketing companies to say, well, we will put you in this magazine. I got invited to be in a fabulous magazine the other day. They were going to do a whole write-up of me. <gasps> we were the best of British, best in class <gasps> wow. products yeah. next to Rolls-Royce, next to all these <gasps> unbelievable British no brands way. that you just can't even imagine. And then they said, it's going to be 12 and a half grand. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> okay then. I said... You know, and while it's great, and then you should have seen the party they were inviting me to. No. Yeah, it looked fantastic. And I thought, wow, you know, amazing, amazing yeah. events, but you're going you're to pay 12 and a half grand <gasps> for it. And if you want that, great, go for mm. it. But um, I just thought, you know what, I can spend 12 and a half grand on plenty of other things at the moment. So while it's lovely, yeah. and if there's no negotiation, there's no negotiation. You know, I think mm. every company should negotiate. So I did go back and say, 12 grand's not actually where I'm at with this. So mm-hmm. if you want to try and renegotiate this, then let's do it. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's loads of times I've wasted money on on things. So you've got to be savvy about that as well. You've yeah. got to know where your customers hang out. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of starting a business, you know, you can create the content yourself. You yeah. can get creative. You know, all you do need is an iPhone. Yeah. And you're away, you really are. And you've got so much AI these days that can help you like edit videos, um, write content for you if you're not the best content writer. You know, you've got an app for literally everything. So you can have everything, web store, everything on your phone. Absolutely. It's a joy, I think. And it's a level of freedom that if things would have stopped you before, as you say, you can't write content, but you can take beautiful photographs or you can sew or you can illustrate or you can photograph. You know, you have all of these. It's bringing in different skills, whether that's a person, a friend, a colleague, or whether it's AI and an app. There are ways that you can succeed as a business owner. Uh, Today, I think it's so much easier yeah. A, certainly as a young person to just get started. For that reason, it's also harder because now you've got so much co- competition. more competition. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And everyone can do it. But um, I mean, the, every single month, our biggest budget is always spent on marketing. Okay. And like I say to everybody in the office, we are like, you know, I mean, the product was made. That was made two years ago and it hasn't changed. We only do one product and we do it very, very well. The rest of the job is marketing. That's it. That's all we focus on 100% of the time. Everything is to do with marketing. The podcast today is marketing. Yeah. You know, whether we're in a publication is marketing. Yeah. The content that we produce, you know, the educational content, whether we're doing lives, it's all marketing. Uh, last night I was speaking at an event 
It's all marketing. It's all mm. personal brand and marketing. And that is the focus of your business. If you understand that. So I hear all the time from people who go, oh, I'm just not very good at marketing. Yeah. And I think, well, then you haven't got a very big chance of failure <laughs> then. Yeah, because they yeah. might have an amazing product, but their Instagram people page. People can't see it, they're not going to buy it. You know, people yeah. laugh at me for taking so much time, care and attention on our Instagram page. And I'm like, yeah. that is my shop window. Yes. I don't yeah. want it sort of messy. I don't want dark, you know, pictures that are blurry. Mm -hmm. I want them sharp, beautiful, aspirational images. I yeah. want educational content that cuts through the core. I don't want generic rubbish for putting it up, you know. Absolutely. It's got to be, you've got to put a little bit of effort into that. And when people buy into you, they buy into the product as well. Yeah. But for people to say, well, I'm not very good at taking pictures. I'm not very good on Instagram. Well, you need to get good because I tell you what, everybody in your field is good. Yeah. And there's so many free courses. You, there's nothing you can't learn on YouTube. Yeah. Nothing you can't learn on no, YouTube. seriously. I like built a website with a graphic designer for £200. <gasps> and that website took a huge amount, of, well, over six figures. Yeah. And we built it for £200. <gasps> Do you know what I mean? It's like... And we learned a lot of how to do it on YouTube. I love this. So don't be put off. It does require a bit of time, mm -hmm. care and attention. Um, but once you get good at it, you'll get good at it and it will give you the edge. Yeah. So yeah, I don't want to hear that, no, I can't do it. Well, there's so many resources. Yeah. You actually don't really need to go to a course on anything. You can yeah. literally learn every single thing on YouTube. And I do all the time. Whether it's something really small like... Product shots is one. How to light a product shot. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I sometimes look at the bills that we pay for some photographers and I'm like, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. This is a little picture that's going on Instagram. Yeah. I'm not paying two and a half grand to that photographer for a day. No. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes you have to. Okay. There are occasions where you will have to have high production stuff. Day-to-day -day stuff, you just don't need it. No. And you can make your pictures look incredible with incre incredible lighting. So we've got loads of different lights in the office that like were like a hundred quid off Amazon. Yeah. And then we've got light boxes, we've got everything. And you just learn how to use, mm -hmm. you know, different, like your phone has got depth of field on and everything yeah. that you can turn up and down. Once you know how to use these things and these tools, which again, you can learn on YouTube, you are away. And we've been in so many publications like Vogue, Tatler, yeah. you know, loads of glossy magazines, Marie Claire, all those pictures that you've seen in any magazine have <sighs> all been phone. taken off my iPhone. I love it. Yeah. I think this just goes back to just neatly to say that as a business owner, you have to wear so many hats and you have to get good at so many different elements. So as you say, marketing is this core part, but it's photography, it's content writing. And I think the joy is that you can learn how to do this. Yeah. And you've said not even at, you know, great cost. You can sit at home, have it as your side hustle, be yeah. on your laptop, be on your phone. Um, whether that's, you know, on a Saturday, whether it's putting the kids to bed, you can learn how to do these things. And I think when you are a woman who has many different roles, you're fully self-sufficient and you're not going to be going to somebody who's going to charge you excellent. You go, I know how to do that. And that's that level of confidence that you have in yourself to be able to create this business of your dreams. Yeah. And mm -hmm. also then once you know a bit about it, then you know if someone's pulling the wool over your eyes exactly. as well. I think one exactly. of the one of the biggest ways that 
you know, I seem to get stung is Facebook marketing. Yeah. People try and trick me into believing that it's this really difficult, like, you know, magical thing that no one can understand. And I'm like, it's not. Yeah. And once I actually learned a little bit about it, I was thinking, well, it's not that difficult. No. You know, it's actually not that difficult um, to make these audiences. And actually Facebook are very good at walking you through it. So you can have yeah. a dedicated manager who will then help you and create all your back end for you. So you can make these audiences, you can do traffic audiences, you can do reach campaigns. There was somebody at Facebook who will just sit there with you for free and do it. And they do it every single week with you. So you, so know, you wouldn't even So you wouldn't even that? need to pay no, a big, a, a a big company, agency. No. Yeah, who try and make you believe that what they do is like some crazy magical stuff that no one else can do. And I'm like, no, I don't think that's right. <laughs> So I love this. So all this, we've got questioning, we, you know, we've got these skills that we're going to learn. We're setting up in business. We've got our vision, all of that beautiful creative stuff that we, you know, we're setting up at the beginning, which we'll do a checklist that people can download yeah. and we can almost check it off at home. Everything you've said today has been incredibly helpful and there's, makes it sound so relatable. And I think that's what's so okay. there's, there's one big thing that I see everybody doing wrong. Mm -hmm. Everybody doing wrong. So... When you come in to price your product, mm -hmm. okay. I mean, I was speaking to a lady who owns a candle company and when she'd priced the product, I was like, how much does that candle take you to make? And she was like, oh, it costs this much. I was like, okay, but there's no other budget inside that, you know. So once you've got your product, let's just say, for instance, you want to sell a cup, you now know, okay, that cup has cost me one pound to make yeah. and you want to sell it for, you know, people go, oh, well, I'll sell it for five pounds. I'm like, okay, but you haven't put in there your staff costs, mm -hmm. your running costs, yeah. your like office costs, your advertising costs, your marketing mm -hmm. costs. All of that needs to be inside that product. So now actually when you work it out, so how do you get a customer to buy that cup? Yeah. Okay, well, you need to spend a bit on marketing, which might be, yeah, photographs, um, website costs, running costs, um, Facebook ads. You mm -hmm. know, we spend fortunes on online marketing, but yeah. that budget has to come inside the, that product. Yeah. So people never put in a marketing budget within their cost. Got it. And that is the biggest thing, the biggest failure. Now, some months we might only make money back in the third month that someone's yeah. bought our product. But with a product that's a one-time thing, like a cup or a dress, yeah. you need your cost per acquisition to be a lot lower. Yeah. You need to be, you know, if you can make a dress for, let's say, £10 and you're selling it for £100, you need to know that it needs to cost you less than £90 to acquire that customer. Yeah. Otherwise, you've only just broken even. Yeah. You know, so that is a big thing that nobody ever does and needs to do. So okay. it's not just what it costs you to produce that. It's also you need to add in your staffing costs, cost You'll of delivery. You'll be realistic. You'll be realistic, yeah. yeah. And price it correctly. Yeah. You know. And, uh, you know, have an eye on the competitors as well. Um, okay, so all of this, all of this amazing, these amazing multiple checklists that we've now got from our incredible chat, we're going to put that down so people can download, fill in. And then, yeah, we can't wait to see what people take from this to develop their own business. They might be knee deep in their own businesses and thinking, I want some inspiration, or they might be just about to start the journey. So, Alyssa, this has been incredible. We could chat all day, <laughs> honestly. Thank you so much for Thanks being part of our much. podcast. Thank you. Make sure to follow along on www.thekdclub.com and I'll see you next week.